Episode number 303, Church Growth Barriers with Michael Lukaszewski, part one. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey guys, welcome to Making Sunday Happen. This is episode number 303 of our podcast. We're recording this episode of the show from the beautiful Ridgecrest Conference Center in Asheville, North Carolina. Our team is here on a planning retreat to plan out the next six to eight months worth of ready-made content uh, for the uh, 1230 Media site, and also uh, six to eight months of content for our new kids library, ready-made kids library. So I'm hanging out with uh, my buddy Trevor Miller. Trevor is our director of ready-made media. Trevor, give me a little highlight from this weekend. What are are we doing? It's been really good, man. There's been three things that really stood out to me. First, uh, the team has grown so much in the past year really so the chance to be able to sit down with many folks that we've not actually been face to face with has been really really good and i love the creative process always so the chance to be able to sit down literally all day yesterday and plan from you know sun up to sundown uh, all these really exciting ideas and ways to resource churches and bless pastors has been really really exciting to me too so it's been a great time man and i think we've got some really good stuff that we've we've uh, come up with what are some highlights that uh really stood out to you yesterday that you're excited about planning for I mean, I'm, I'm always partial to the series in a box just because I feel like we create all the pieces that a pastor needs to create a really great worship experience. And so yesterday, the planning period we had on series in a box specifically was really exciting. And so three of them that I'm, I'm really excited to work on this year. Um, one is called Anchor, where we're going to be looking at um, all the reasons that we can trust God in difficult times. Um, one called uh, Always on Time, looking on the fact that we can always trust God, that he is he's always on time, even though it might seem late to us. It's just right on time for what he's doing. And then lastly, one called, it's all Greek to me, which I think is going to be really a fun one. And we're looking at five different Greek words that are really important in the New Testament. So we can find the depth of scripture from kind of its original language. So um, I feel like we're pushing into things that are not just seasonal this year, which I'm excited about. Um, We're going to be doing some new stuff, looking at discipleship, looking at some other really important aspects of the church. And so for that, I'm really, really excited. So one really uh, exciting thing that that I love that we got to do yesterday is we zoomed in three different pastors um, that use our ready-made content. So we heard directly from you guys and you guys were able to share and speak into our process, what we can and uh, uh, may not be able to or or should include in the boxes um, and in our library, things like that. Tell me, and and they were also able to encourage us a whole lot. Um, Tell me some of the highlights from those conversations. It's amazing being able to talk to someone who is benefiting from the hours of writing, the hours of designing, the hours of all the work. Uh, I mean, oftentimes we put these things into a box, we put them on a website, and we don't really know where they go from there. And so to be able to hear from someone who said yesterday, hearing from them saying, there are people's lives who have been transformed by what you guys do. uh, That feels good. That feels exciting. So, Yeah. Anything else uh, from the weekend that you're really excited about? I know we have uh, we have the boxes, right. but we also have lots of social media content and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, really exciting stuff from mini movies I'm excited about as well. But then, yeah, we have social media um, content coming in the next year that is going to be incredible. Yeah. And 
the amount of it is going to be amazing. So I'm excited to be able to release that very, very soon too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, thank you for all you do. Um, uh, Trevor writes a lot of our content. So every time that you get a box, all the teaching outlines and all the kind of written content, all that comes from, um, from Trevor. Uh, and Trevor also works with our marketplaces and distributing our ready-made content to the marketplaces and our website and all that. So uh, you do a great job. Man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so at the end of the show today, we're gonna be uh, giving you some ready-made uh, content. So we're gonna share a coupon code for a free mini movie from our library, and you can choose any movie uh, from uh, mini movie from the site. Um, so uh, stay with us to the end of the show. We'll give you a code, and you can go uh, to the site and choose uh, any mini movie uh, from there for free. Uh, so uh, again, we're recording this episode from Ridgecrest Conference Center in Asheville, North Carolina. This is a retreat center where pastors and leaders bring their teams to get away, to plan, to retreat, and this might be you. So if, if you're looking, uh, if you're around the south, uh, southeast anywhere and looking for a place to bring your team uh, to plan, to get away, to relax, this is a, a great place to come. So you can go to RidgecrestConferenceCenter.com and check them out. So they've been great partners of ours uh, and it's just been a great, beautiful place to stay uh, for the weekend. Uh, so also uh, uh, in, in talking about pastors that bring their teams to, to plan, uh, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about uh, pastors that uh, are with their teams and figuring out ways uh, to grow their church. And so we're going to be talking with my friend Michael Lukaszewski from Church Fuel all about church growth barriers. We'll, re we'll really define what church growth is, some ways that you can grow your church, both numerically and spiritually and kingdom with kingdom impact as well as talking through church growth barriers. What is preventing us from growing? Uh, so that'll be this week and next week on the show. So we're gonna start part one of that conversation with Michael Lukaszewski from Church Fuel right after this. Hey, children's pastors and leaders. Get ready to transform your kids' worship experiences with 1230 Kids. We're serving your children's ministry with a massive ready-made media library with done-for-you countdowns, games, mini movies, full kids series kits, lyric videos with hand motion versions for kids worship, and more. Pick up media individually or save with Go Unlimited with plans as low as $33 a month. We also provide custom media for kids ministries and curriculum providers. We've produced custom graphics and videos for Seeds Family Worship, Awana, Children's Ministry Deals, Go Curriculum, Yancey, and others. We also provide free training for your kids' leaders. Get help with social media, church online, volunteers, programming, worship, and more. Get started today at 1230kids.com. That's 1230kids.com. Hey guys, today I welcome Michael Lukaszewski, former youth pastor, church planner, senior pastor, church consultant, Today, he writes books and articles and helps create courses for church leaders through Church Fuel and other projects. Mike, what's up, man? Thanks for hanging man, out. Man, it's great. I, I'm going to give you props right off the bat because you're like one of, you're like top 10% of pronouncing my last name correctly. Well, it's just just over and over. I know I could easily have just screwed the whole thing up. So uh, People you know, think my emails... name is just Michael from Church Fuel because that's how <laughs> I sign all my emails because I know they can't say it. Yeah, it's either uh, in emails or when we're talking internally, it's either like Michael from Church Fuel, Michael Luca, <laughs> yeah, Michael L. Like it's just we abbreviate it somehow so we don't have there to. It is. 
<laughs> awesome, man. Well, uh, I know I introduced you a little bit, but tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of the avenues that God has taken you on over the last few years. Yeah, you know, so just working in the church, I got my first job at, at a church um, when I was 18 as a freshman in college. Uh, I was a youth pastor at this little, uh, uh, this small Baptist church. And so I've just been connected to a local church really my whole life. Um, started Church Fuel about six and a half, seven years ago uh, now to kind of provide the resources and some kind of training on areas that I personally felt weakened, you know, kind of growing up in, in ministry. Um, I knew how to preach and like cast vision. And those were like the fun parts of the job. Um, but systems, strategies, you know, like running an organization were always a little bit bit of a challenge for me. So that's kind of the lane we stay in now. And we're just passionate about helping churches. And a lot of that comes up in like the details of stuff. Like we probably got to, like, if you're watching this, you've probably got a passion and you probably got a vision for the future and you probably don't need help uncovering what that is, but maybe need some help on how to get stuff done. So I, I think we even serve in some similar capacities in that way. So uh, do you only have ministry, uh, ministry background, ministry experience, or do you come from kind of business oriented uh, stuff as well? Mostly ministry, but but I had a period of time in between pastoring and starting Church Fuel that I worked with another company uh, doing church resources. So, you know, and and Church Fuel is is a business. And so, you know, we sit at this intersection between helping churches, but as a as a for profit business. So I like to I like to say it really is the best of both of those worlds. You know, if, if from a business perspective only, it's like we have this deep passion and altruistic sense of what we're trying to do. Uh, but then we run like a business. And so I, I read a lot of business books and go to I, I go to more business conferences and church conferences um, and try to bring those things into, you know, kind of helping us get organized in churches. So maybe let me ask you that as a whole and then about you personally. So uh, there is this tension a little bit sometimes in church world that do we run things as a business? Do we run things as a, as a ministry? When do we have do we have, you know, performance evals? Do we ha- is it all, you know, uh, you know, love and feels like wh- how, how do you balance those two in church world? Yeah. So, so, you know, it's, it's like most things, it's both of those things. So the way we say it is your church is much more than a business. I mean, a church is more than a business, but it is at least a business. And so there are times in church where we need to function more like a business or an organization. And then there are other times that we need to function much more like a ministry or like a spiritual enterprise. And so we can, we lean in, we need to lean into where it's appropriate on our strengths and most pastors have a bent, right? They're bent one way or the other, and they distrust the other side. And I think if we can get rid of that distrust and see value in the other side, and it's funny because business corporations, major corporations are doing this right now. They're realizing that they need a cause or some kind of heart. And they're they're going, hey, we can't just be you know greedy corporations. Like we need to at least have a public face of doing something good for the world. And so they're they're leaning the other way. And then I think there are churches that has such good people and such passionate leaders that if they would just lean a little bit toward getting more organized and, you know, let's not just have people on staff who are good Christians, but that can actually do the job that we hired them to do. Like, let's just lean a little bit that way then it makes the ministry go better. And so I think both of those are really important. So where does church feel sit in that? Do you help with business and ministry? Yeah, we, so yeah. So we'll skew a little bit more toward the business side. So I know my, in my own journey, like when I was leading a church, you know, I was preaching and speaking and all these people were coming a lot. You know, we had a, we had a, you know, to use Rick Warren language from back in the day, we, we probably had more of a crowd than a congregation. Um, and, and I was weaker on the organizational operational side of things and I, I needed help there. 
And so we at Church will probably lean a little bit more toward, hey, we can help your church get organized, get a strategy to kind of hold things together. Um, I, I think if you're not called, it's really hard for me to like drum up a calling in your life. But if you are called and you are passionate and you do want to, you know, lead a, lead a healthy and growing church, I think we can help you with some best practices and some things. So we kind of lean a little bit more toward the business side of, ch- of church. Gotcha. Uh, well, through Church Fuel, uh, I, I came across an article that you wrote um, uh, called "Barriers to Church Growth That Pastors Face," uh, and I thought it was it'd be great for our audience to to hear that, especially pastors and leaders. Uh, and well, let me turn that question back towards you. Um, how is this? Uh, you know, this podcast is all about the the weekend experience, uh, and we know that that's not that's not the end goal. That the end goal is is people life change. Um, but the, but we kind of focus on how can you improve your things on the weekend? Yep. So how does church growth fit into to, to that? Yeah. So it's funny because a lot of times that's the outcome, right? So a lot of times we'll, we'll make these changes on the weekend. We'll make, make, you know, Sunday happen and all these kind of things happen. Kids ministry and the services and, the, and, and, you know, if we're doing a production or whatever, all those things, you know, healthy growth should be an outcome of, of those activities. And so in a way, I know we're going to talk about church growth today, but in a way like pursuing growth is, is almost the wrong approach. You know, um, like I, I, I have three kids, um, you know, they're, they're all, they're all teenagers and I can't make them grow. Like time will help, you know, it's like now I can create an environment where they are likely to grow. I can make sure they have healthy habits and are in a, in a loving, you know, culture and environment, but I can't, I can't make them grow. Growth is an outcome, but it's, it's not something I can, I can chase. And if I chase it, um, I think we've, we've all seen a lot of churches kind of go off the rails, just chase doing crazy things just to grow. But to your question, there are things that we can do that create an environment where growth can happen. And that, those are the things that are of interest to me. So what are some of the opinions that people hold about church growth? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's funny. I, I was just, I was reading an article just a couple of weeks ago. It was more of an academic paper on like the history of church growth in America. And it was really fascinating um, because it's wild swings. And I think this is true, not just of church growth, but it's true of, of politics. It's true of finding, I mean, it's true of every, every domain is like, we take these swings, right? All what was, what was terrible five years ago, is great now, you know, like kale, for example. I mean, really, who no one ever heard of kale until like the last five years, and now there's kale on everything. Um, and then 10 years from now, we're gonna go like, what happened to kale? Like, remember when we were all eating kale? <laughs> it's still um, a sin, either way you slice it. It's five years ago. Just, <laughs> I try. I try. I feel like I should like it. Um, but you know, so there's some it's like, no, growth is growth is evil, don't pursue it, it should just happen. Trust the spirit, preach the gospel. And, and we're for all those things. I mean, I know you're, you're for all those things. Um, so, so I don't think it's the situation where like, I, you know, here's the thing I'm, I'm talking to you from, you know, on video, but outside the window, I have a garden and in the garden, like we've got some vegetables growing. There's some tomatoes growing. I can't just throw a tomato plant on the ground and just 65 days come back and there's going to be great tomatoes. It doesn't work like that. There's, there's bugs, there's pests we need water. If it doesn't rain, I mean, there's stuff that we need to do to kind of ensure that the tomato will grow. Now God designed the tomato, the seed nature, all that stuff. That's a, that's a God thing, but, but don't I have some kind of part to play 
in in that of taking care of it, nurturing it, um, creating an environment that's weed free, you know, whatever. Um, like I've got a I've got a part to play. So I think church growth is all up to God, totally 100 percent up to God. But he chooses to use us in the process. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing things that make church happen, you're a tool that God is using to do what he doesn't necessarily need you to do, but you get to do it. And it's this like divine partnership. That's how, that's how I think of it anyway. So speaking of that, give me some biblical foundation for church, for church growth. What does the Bible have to say about church growth? Yeah. So I, well, yeah, that's, and that's a great question. And I think we should constantly go back to those questions and, and, and wrestle with that. And and the Bible does say a lot about those things. Um, the Bible talk, I mean, you can go to the early church and it's like the early church was growing and there's not a formula for it. And that's what I love about the New Testament is it's it's like Paul didn't write down, here's five things that will make your church grow. He's describing a culture and an environment where things were happening and growth was a result. And so I think you see growth happen. Um, I think you see spiritual growth happen. You know, the, decide, the people are growing, um, not just in number, like you read the book of Acts and it's like, Daily, every day, there were more people that were coming into the church and becoming a part of the church and becoming part of faith. But then they were also growing in their faith. So, so it's not just growth in size; it's growth in in spiritual. You know, like it's growth in faith, um, and it's and there's kingdom growth. There's such a thing as kingdom growth. So, I know we talk about these three different kinds of growth, and I, we want all of them for your church. We want your church to grow in size. Like it'd be great if people came, more people came to your church. That'd be great. We want your church to grow spiritually, like in faith. Um, so even if no other new people come, like, is your congregation growing deeper in their faith? And then there's a, this kingdom impact, which is really fun to talk about where there's this like exponential, it's not just your church, but it's the church. And like the gospel advance is advancing and the kingdom is advancing. And I think you see all of that in different places in the Bible. So you mentioned all three. I want to drill into each and kind of uh, okay. camp out there for, for a few minutes on each. So let's hit on number one and let's go and get numerical growth uh, and, and talk about that. So when does that happen? When does a, a numerical growth happen uh, uh, in, in our churches? Let, let's talk about numbers. Is yeah, it okay to talk about numbers? Yeah, it's totally okay to talk about numbers. It's not okay to only talk about numbers, but it's totally okay to talk about numbers. Um, in fact, here's what I found is the churches that say, well, it's not about numbers, not about numbers. They typically don't have any numbers to talk about. And we can use this as a justification to be lazy and not do our best. You know, so I could go, what's well, I know I planted a garden and I know there's tomatoes out there. But you know what? It's really not about how many tomatoes grow on those plants. I'm like, well, that'd be stupid. And that would be an excuse for me being lazy and all my tomato plants died. Right. Mm-hmm. So I could, you could justify it that way. So it's OK to talk about numbers. Um, and I think we see examples of this in the Bible. Um, you know, it, even, even I tell this, I tell this funny example. It's like, I, I mentioned my kids earlier. We have three kids. And when somebody says, how many kids do you have? I don't say, well, it's not really about the numbers. I mean, we have some kids. I mean, we have the amount of kids that God wants us to have. And, you know, we just try to take care of the kids that God's, but no, it's like, we have three kids. They're three human beings that live that that's not like, why is it all about the numbers? It's not, I have three kids. So that's the answer to the question. So I think we should track numbers. You know, that could be attendance, that could be engagement, it could be, it could be streams, it could be views. There's all kinds of numbers you can you can track. And I think churches do have to do some hard work and some due diligence to figure out what are the right numbers to track. Um, there are probably some best practices, but then there are some uniques that that you need to dig into in your your culture and context. So definitely that's a that's a sign of growth. Um, when I go to the doctor 
every, I go to the doctor once a year, just get a checkup like most people. And they always check the same numbers. Every time I go, they take my blood pressure. Every time I go, they tell me to stand on the scale. Every year they take blood and tell me what your cholesterol is or whatever, you know? So it's like those numbers tell a story when you look at them over time. Good, good. Um, okay, so let's move to uh, let's move to spiritual growth. Um, so, uh, when does spiritual growth happen? Um, what and how do how do I move from not just focusing on the numbers, but focusing on spiritual and numbers? yeah, yeah. So this is great, and this is why if you only ask me that first question, that's a really incomplete story because you could have more people come to your church, but they're never actually taking steps in faith, or um, you know. Uh, taking, taking progressive steps forward, you know, in their own Christian journey and, and that's discipleship, right. And that's not happening. So spiritual growth, discipleship, you know, everything we put in that category, you know, that spiritual growth happens when the people in the church, um, follow Jesus. And I, I remember growing up in a church and my youth pastor used to say this. I still remember it. it's something that my youth pastor used to say, say, um, the power of a youth pastor, right. I still remember this is that you can become a Christian instantly but becoming a disciple takes a lifetime. And so like in our church, in our churches, how are we helping people become disciples? And that, again, there's stuff you can measure and talk about and see, see how you're doing and, and all that. But that spiritual growth is something that we need to constantly be, be pushing on. Um, this is what often makes a church healthy, not just growing. Uh, some people say all healthy things grow, and that's not true. Some things, unhealthy things grow, and sometimes healthy things don't grow. Um, so, but at the same time, this spiritual growth is a lot of times where health comes into play and are, are people really following Jesus? Are they reading the Bible? Are they investing in community in their, in their neighborhoods and, and in their world? Are they volunteering? Are they starting, you know, these are, these are signs of spiritual growth and it's something we should be pursuing. So let me, t- let me take us back one step and, and hit on numbers. Cause I think it relates to what you're talking about. So okay. <clears throat> One thing that you said is, you know, we can focus on different numbers like attendance or engagement or streams or whatever. Is there a place that I should lean in toward recording more than others? Should I record more streams over physical attendance or look at those numbers versus where should I lean my focus towards? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, You know, and that's changed. That's changed dramatically over the last couple of years. It'll probably keep changing in the next couple of years. I think when you're tracking numbers, I think the key is consistency. Right. So, you you know, you can't change stuff every week. Um, I, I think I think streams matter. I think online engagement matters. I think physical presence matters. I think all of all of it matters. So so I think I track everything. My, my default is like, let's track everything, because if you if you have the data, you can go you can go retroactively look at stuff. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, that's what's amazing about like historical data, keeping everything in the central place is you could think about, well, I, like, I wonder what was happening two or three years ago. And you can go back and, and rerun different reports and, and see different trends that you may not have been keen into before. <clears throat> so even on streams, you know, you can go back and see how many people were streaming stuff before you really started focus on streaming. And that's, you can see how long they were watching two years ago versus how long they're watching now. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those are interesting, you know, data points to talk about. So a lot of mega churches, I started at a mega church, uh, a, a couple, but most recently New Spring, a church in South Carolina, we would get dinged all the time for all you're focusing on is numbers and numbers. And yeah, I mean, there, there's a piece of that. And that's why there was a big uh, split there or uh, they 
fired the senior pastor. Uh, so that, I mean, and that was, that was a factor, uh, but how much does m- mega churches get hit with all, you're all about the numbers. You're not about discipleship. Uh, you know, t- tell me on that spectrum. Is, is that always true that mega churches lean toward numbers and less on the, the spiritual growth? What, yeah, what's your you know what? That, so, so on one hand, I have no idea. So, I, and I, because I don't know the intricacies of all the different mega right. churches, and so it's probably unfair to lump all mega churches in and all small churches or all this denomination, all that denomination. Um, but I will say, you can tell what's important to a particular church by what they celebrate. And if on if on if on you know Monday we're constantly celebrating attendance, then that tells me that church is always about attendance. If the church is celebrating baptism, it tells me that that's that's important to them. Those are not bad things. Those are just thing things. Those are just facts. So what we celebrate, what stories we tell, I think do show to others what we think is important. And so, you know, if you're getting if you're watching this and you're getting criticized for being all about the numbers, the first thing I would do is I would I would I would check that. Is our perception, are we getting off the vibe by what we post and talk about and celebrate that we are all about the numbers? If you are, then I would change. If you're not, then you have to put that criticism where where it needs to go because you're always going to be criticized. And if that's the thing you're being criticized for, then sometimes we just have to live with it. And you're probably not going to win that battle. If that's like a disgruntled church person, you know, who cares? Right. So how do we measure? It's it's easier to measure numerical growth because we can see the stats. How do we measure the spiritual growth? You talked about it a little bit, but it hit on that some. Yeah. So you have to define what that looks like. So what with somebody that's spiritually growing, <clears throat> what are the things that they're doing? And you have to answer that question. So it let and so I'll, I'll give hypotheticals here. So let's say you decide that hey, the mark of spiritual growth is that somebody is engaging and reading their Bible. Well, you could figure out a way to Find out who's reading their Bible. I mean, there's surveys you can do, assessments you can do. Um, you know, there's there's ways to measure that. If you say that that's one of the signs of spiritual growth, maybe you say, you no, know, volunteering, people that volunteer, that's a sign of spiritual growth because you're putting other people first. Well, you can measure who's volunteering, who's not, who's new to volunteering, who's not. Um, you know, so you have to you have to define what spiritual growth is and then go, all right, what's the best way that we can determine whether it's happening or not? And I, I, I'm, I am of the belief that you can get a number. It will not be perfect, but you could get a number or metric for anything that you feel is important. And again, it may not be perfect, but it's going to be better than nothing. And the fact that you track it over time, you'll be able to tell if you're actually accomplishing what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So it's amazing how these two things kind of grow together. I see it as biblically uh, biblical that... <clears throat> Um, you, you know, the Bible talks about they, they grew in number, but they also grew. I mean, obviously they're growing spiritually to grow yeah. in number. So when, uh, just to use new spring as another, as a reference point, uh, when I was, a the a media or video director there at, at a campus of new spring, I had a, a list of volunteers and I would put in a spreadsheet, every volunteer. And then I would have a list of just columns of spiritual growth steps. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I know it's subjective, but uh, salvation, baptism, yep. uh, small group, volunteering, uh, missions, whatever th- those things were. So, because I think a lot of times we might assume they're volunteering, so they're already a Christian. 
Well, I actually went and measured that. Like, have you, uh, have you given your life to Christ? And what I found is a chunk of volunteers haven't made, hadn't made step number one, uh, and then baptism. And then we got to celebrate as a team, those spiritual growth steps. So I'm not trying to be legalistic here. Um, but also if I took the time as the leader and measured those steps, now, obviously a pastor can't have a spreadsheet for everybody in his church, but, um, thoughts on that. Should we be, you know, leaning into individual spiritual growth? Yeah. I mean, I think you measure what's important, right? If something's Mm -hmm. important, you measure it. I mean, everybody here probably has a bank account and at some point you're measuring what's in your bank account because Mm -hmm. that's important factor for life. And so, you know, there's something, I mean, I remember doing this um, when I was pastoring, there's something, I think pastors sometimes downplay stuff like, oh, I don't know that. I don't want to, I don't know that. And there's something almost like this fake spirituality behind not knowing things. Um, We just trust God for that. We just don't know that. I don't think abdicating knowing stuff that you can know is, is necessarily good leadership, nor is putting all your faith in that. Well, my spreadsheet says these people have done this. So I'm not waiting. No, of course we're not advocating either side of that. So know what you can know. Um, knowing informs doing, right? The, mm-hmm. our, you know, GI Joe from the eighties, right? The more you know, he's half the battle, right? Not the more, you know, the better decision you can make. Take it you know? back, baby. It's not spiritual to avoid information to make a decision. Yeah. You're yeah. still going to trust God. You're still going to do what God says, but at least consider the information. And that spreadsheet that you described is, is information. I think yeah. those are good things to know. So we talked about numerical growth, hit on spiritual growth. Let's hit on kingdom growth, uh, kingdom church growth. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Kingdom growth is like when you see like, I mean, you can go back through history and like when revivals break out, that's kingdom growth. Um, you can see different things when like there are movements that happen in, in cities uh, when churches are working together. Um, I know I'm working right now on a project with with Varna and Glue in some specific cities um, and the churches are starting to work together to accomplish some things. There's some like joint efforts going on um, and and what they're looking for is really all these kinds of church growth kingdom being like, that would be really great. If in our whole city, uh, our whole community, God did something. Um, and it's like the gospel advances further. You know, when you go read back through church history, I'm reading a church history book right now um, that, that we're up to like the year 350 or something. And you see, like you see individual churches in cities grow. And that's before like churches had, had names and denominations and all that stuff. It was like, it was just the church, in Antioch, that's what it was, right? And it's like that yeah. church grew. Um, but then that you start to see the region change. You start to see laws change. You start to see, you know, the, these like big massive movements. That's the result of kingdom growth. Uh, sometimes it's cooperation. Um, sometimes it's it's God doing things at churches and this, this net effect, uh, this network effect takes place. Um, network effect is a super fun thing to talk about too. There's, there's a growth component of that. So network effect is like Airbnb. Airbnb is valuable the more people use Airbnb. Uber is more valuable the more people use it. A telephone was useless when there's only one, but the more people that have a telephone, the more valuable it becomes. So when God starts doing all these things in churches and churches are growing numerically and spiritually, network effect starts happening. And then that then there's like this kingdom or exponential growth. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool when it happens. So talk to me about the difference in church health and church growth. And wh- does one matter more than the other? 
They, they both matter. Um, they both matter a lot. And again, you want your church to be growing and you want your church to be healthy. Uh, both of those things. I think I would, I would hold both of those things as equal, equal priorities. Uh, the same between evangelism and discipleship, right? You should be reaching new people. You should be helping people grow. One's not more important than the other. Now, with all that said, there are times that I think we can be intentionally unbalanced to bring the whole thing back into greater balance. So there are a lot of churches that have focused on on health for a long time. Like, let's just be healthy. It's just us. It's just us. Uh, take care of the saints. Equip this. You know, it's like it's the congregation, congregational care, you know, visit people in the hospital, you know, discipleship, small groups, Sunday school classes. I mean, it's like it's us. We're taking care of us. Discipleship. There are times, and so maybe you're out of balance. Maybe you're maybe you're neglecting evangelism. So there are times that you need to over-focus on evangelism just to bring it back into balance. Same is true with growth and health. So there are times that I think you need to put your foot on the gas and just try to go reach new people, reach, bring them in. New people bring life to a church. Focus on bringing new people in. Not, not necessarily to neglect health, but, but new people breathe life into something. And then once you once you have new new people, maybe your church has gone through a wild growth season and you need to say, you know what, we need to, we need to like disciple up some of these people. We need to help them grow spiritually or else we're going to have a whole bunch of people who don't know anything or do anything or serve anywhere. And we're going to be unbalanced. And so growth and health both matter and you need to ideally you're balanced, but you may need to be unbalanced to be balanced, if that makes sense. So how much I want to get your thoughts on this. How, how much is health or being healthy uh, from a church perspective uh, a buzzword? So I've been around long enough. You might, uh, I know you've been around long enough where it might be uh, a phrase that we use. I, our church has never been in a more healthy place. Uh, you know, sayings like that, that years down the road, they're going, man, that w- we were really unhealthy. Well, I was there when you were saying that we were the most healthiest we've ever been. So is that a catchphrase? Like, why, why are you using it that way? I, you know, that's a good question. I, I do think there's some justification. You know, it's uh, where we where we prioritize what's now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm the smartest I am ever right now. You know, I'm the wisest and most enlightened of ever. You know, I see things now that I've never seen before. And five years from now, I'm going to look back and go, man, I was talking about stuff on this interview with Carl one time, and I didn't even know what. I, I can't believe I said that. Right. And so I think we do overvalue the present um, and our, and our journey in that. And sometimes I think we just use it to justify, you know, so like our church is healthy could be code word for we're not reaching people right. and our church is growing. I mean, we made the list and we're breaking through all the barriers that could be code word for we're disorganized and unhealthy, you know? So I think we, maybe that's spin team, right? We just put the little spin on it to make, make ourselves feel better. So let's be self-aware. Let's be, let's be honest where we're healthy. Let's call it out where we're unhealthy. Let's call it out. And where we're growing, let's call it out where we're not growing. Let's call it out. And that's probably, that's probably a harder, but better approach. Hi, my name's Joe Szymanski. And I wanted to tell you about a site called churchvoiceover.com. As I talk to people who produce audio and video for churches, I hear it time and time again, it's hard to find great voices for affordable prices on an ongoing basis. So I thought, well, hey, as a voiceover artist, I have a lot of friends who are on mission like me. Why not get them all in one spot where you can select among voices who are top notch at the top of their game? Great versatility, everything from dramatic and epic for a sermon promo to heartfelt and emotional for an online social campaign. We can even do wacky character voices for VBS videos. It's all there. It's all at churchvoiceover.com. 
Whether your church is large or small, stop by and check it out. We'd love to team with you soon. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Hey guys, you just heard from Joe Szymanski at churchvoiceover.com. Him and his team do incredible voiceover work for the church. So if you're looking for voiceovers for your video projects or other things, give them a try. Churchvoiceover.com is where to go for that. And speaking of our ready-made media, which Joe does a lot of the voiceovers for our mini-movies and uh, different projects that we work on, uh, as promised, we're going to give you a free mini-movie from our site. So just go to 1230.media, that's 1230.media, click on the ready-made tab, and go to mini-movies. So ready-made uh, media, then click on mini movies and use the code MM, as in mini movie, MM303, uh, as in episode number 303. So MM303 at checkout to bring that mini movie from 12 bucks down to zero. So uh, it'll be free for you. MM303, you can choose any movie from the site. We want you to check us out, uh, see if the mini movies work for you. Uh, and speaking of mini movies, I'm hanging out with one of our video producers, JT Cheek. Uh, JT, give me a little bit. You, you've done several mini movies for us. Kind of talk about your, your process and just kind of why you're passionate about creating content for the church. Yeah, well, uh, my process, I've love jumping in with you guys and uh you know um learning about y'all's process and um <clears throat> i usually just you know start with the content you know uh you know look at the design art that was designed and um all that stuff and then um i just start uh building comps from there but um yeah. a lot of it is me trying to uh definitely realize the vision of the of the piece, uh, you know, what we're talking about biblically, what we're trying to communicate, uh, you know, on, from the gospel and, and making sure I'm hitting that out of the park, not just in, you know, the text I'm using or anything like that, but even in just the style of, uh, you know, animation that I'm using. I think that's one thing that uh, when we're bringing video producers and other people on our team, we're not just hiring from wherever. Like we're bringing guys in like you that have a passion about ministry, passion about the church. And so you're going to be concerned with the script and am I communicating the message of the gospel or message of this piece? And uh, tell me, tell me why you're passionate about that. Why is that your your heart? Yeah. Well, we're um, this past weekend we've been on the retreat, and um, one of my favorite parts of it was uh, you you inviting the pastors to come and, and talk about how they're using our media and their services and um, the impact of the media that we create and. Um, I guess I just think about I've I've worked with you know church planners I've worked with pastors um, who it's kind of like they they want this stuff and they understand the value of this and communicating the gospel but they being a pastor of a church and having to you know um, not only write sermons but lead the church pastor the church on a daily basis they can't be too involved in the nuts and bolts of it right um, so I guess you know what when I, we were going through all those. Uh, um, interviews with the pastors. I, what I kept thinking about is the call we have in Ephesians to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I think this is a, a, a you know part of that. It's like we're equipping pastors and church leaders to reach their communities in creative ways. Yeah. So you're also involved on our kids media side, creating content for our kids library. You just finished one up called Power Up and a game called Power Predictions. Uh, that's a really cool video game 
uh, oriented uh, piece. Um, so give me your, do you enjoy doing the, the kids side? And uh, just kind of tell me what, what are some things coming that you're excited about too? Well, I'm, I am excited about the kids stuff in, you know, to be honest, 1230 is kind of like my, uh, you know, my, uh, a lot of my first kids work is really within, you know, 1230. It's never really been on my radar before. Um, but now kind of getting into it and creating the kids media, um, and, uh, I guess realizing that kids media doesn't have to be cheesy and it doesn't right. have to be uncool. Uh, and looking at the impact that we can have on kids' lives uh, by creatively sharing the gospel is just really exciting. Yeah. Well, man, thank you for all you do. Really appreciate you being on the team and everything you do for us. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Um, well, I wanted you guys to hear from team members <clears throat> on our team so that you can see a face. Obviously, I'm not as facially... Uh, you know, I, I don't have the beard, the One epic day. beard, well, may, maybe, <laughs> uh, as, uh, as JT or some of our guys. So <clears throat> I just wanted you to hear the heart um, of our team to know that we are for you. We are for the church. We are creating content to help you minister uh, in your setting, minister the gospel and share with your people. At the end of the day, it's about life change. We can create great content. You can create an amazing worship experience. But at the end of the day, we want to see life change. We want to see that. You want to see that. So we want to help you do that. So uh, be sure to check out our site, 1230.media. It's 1230.media for all kinds of ready-made media content that we've been talking about, as well as custom media and training for your church. So be sure to check that out. Well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. I hope you uh, enjoyed hearing from Michael today about church growth barriers. Uh, and what you can do to grow your church and maybe some obstacles uh, that you have to overcome. We're going to continue that conversation next week uh, with Michael, so be here for that. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.